Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. Hey, what's up? Dean Blandino, another episode of Good Calls. As always, with me, the Caucasian rattlesnake, SWG. <laughs> New father for the second time, Travis Hansen. Hey, what's up, man? Yeah, the uh, the Rattler is getting some traction. We got some uh, text from buddies, and yeah, welcomed our son to uh, the world. So, so Travis, Travis, and his his wife had a second child. Travis, what's the name? His name's Lucas. Lucas. Lucas Jared. Yeah, Lucas Jared, which is which is pretty Caucasian. Um, <laughs> how's Lucas which, doing? He's good. He didn't sleep much last night. I got about two hours, not successful, like in a row. So I'm gonna be. I'm not gonna be on the top of my game, but well. Uh, but we'll but we're gonna, Joe. I want you to keep track of how many times, just over the course of the next couple of months, how much he talks about his lack of sleep. Oh, of course. <laughs> That's the new, you know, the new baby lack of. Oh, yeah, I can get two hours. Uh, yeah. Jeez. And the thing oh, is, man. we we all know on the second one what's coming. We don't, you don't need to tell us. We know. So you shouldn't, you know, the I second think one, yeah. maybe I'll put the a second line one on is, it. is Compared to the first one, the second one is pretty easy. You know, I just, I've got a bone to pick before you give me, I guess I'm not going to get my intro this week. No, you, you oh, know, wow. you're, you're starting off with a bone to pick. So you don't get an intro. What's up? Yeah, this I, I just, a bone I, to pick, so. I don't like this, <laughs> not us in the same room. It just, it doesn't give me the energy's not there. I don't feel, I don't feel it. So you guys got to pick yeah, it up. This is a one-off. This is a one-off. Yeah. We definitely got to pick it up. I know. I know. Joe. So Joe's feeling a little left out because we, Travis and I, were together over the weekend in the Fox Studio for the XFL, and Joe was not. He didn't make the cut. So I didn't make the cut. I know he's a little bit. I know he's a little bit upset. I know I missed him. We did. We did. We did miss you. Joe, you were missed. You definitely were missed. We we even. We we talk about the Tesla. We try to like we bring picture of the stuff. Tesla up in your spot. In your spot, nice. We have a an, uh, <laughs> a full a full energy drink. Whatever you know, some of those monster drinks. Whatever you drink over there, the energy drink sitting there. And we poured it out for you. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, guys. you know, I <laughs> well, feel, let's I feel get, better let's, now. 
Okay, good. Let's get started. Let's talk XFL. First weekend, I want to get, um, you know, Travis and I obviously were together and we went through all the games. Joe, I definitely want to get your take on what you thought. But just the overall reaction, and I know obviously it's new, and and so you're going to get, it looks like ratings-wise, at least the first game on ABC did about $3.3 million. Um, So positive, overwhelmingly positive. Again, new, four games, interesting. You know, Joe, I don't know, did you, what, what was your takeaway from just watching it as a casual fan? Obviously, I'm looking at it a little bit differently, and Travis, we were kind of working, but what was your take from a casual fan? You know, I really enjoyed it, and the I know that the gaming numbers were off the charts. Like people were, were definitely putting some gaming in, which I, I read a, a big article Really, which is interesting. That's huge, man, that's huge. And it's interesting because you, you obviously these teams, there there isn't, there's nothing really to go on. It was interesting to see those lines. And obviously they, they, I would imagine that Vegas and the sports book do research, whatever they, they have to do and look at the rosters um, because they did, you know, obviously set lines and over unders, but um, that's interesting that, that the gaming did, did really well. Yeah, it did. It did really well. And I, I, I can't imagine it's easy to handicap with the one, two and three point conversion, but it seems like they did a really good job. And, you know, to, for you to say it's interesting, oh, I didn't think many people would be playing it because they don't know it. Well, March Madness is a perfect example. Everybody all of a sudden March hits and everyone knows everything about college basketball, which they haven't watched a game all season usually. So people just like to right. game on stuff. <laughs> I, like, I like the use of the word game. Um, but you know you know who is a fan? And we'll, we'll get him on next week is my brother. Oh, nice. My brother called me, and this and this is what I wanted to talk about. So, it's this narrative of and so there was a, there was the Seattle DC game, the Seattle Dragons and the DC who Travis, DC Defenders. Thank you. So, coached by who? Oh, the coach of the DC Defenders. Yeah. Oh man, I had him. I had him oh, when, when we went through it. Um, Pat Hamilton. Pat Hamilton. Okay. So, so in the first game, there was a hit in that game that kind of went viral. It was a big hit on the runner, and I actually, I, I actually tweeted, um, Fox Sports tweeted a, 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 a clip of the hit, and then I retweeted it, made a comment that hey, this was a legal hit, um, showed it to the body of the runner, and it got like over three thousand likes, almost a thousand retweets. Um, a lot of comments. I was a little upset because my tweet a day earlier about Bette Midler, listening to that, Bette Midler in my car only got 15 likes. But <laughs> that that hit, it created the narrative. What is the narrative? Oh, in the NFL, that would have been, there would have been five flags on that play, and they're letting people hit in this league, and I love it, and I can't watch the NFL anymore. And that's what my, what my brother said. He's like, He's like, they're not calling the penalty where they hit him too hard. He's like, this, is, this is great. And, you know, for me, that's a lazy narrative. And, and look, the rules in the XFL and player safety are no less strict than the NFL rules or the college rules. It just so happened that that hit happened to be legal. It happened to be a big hit. It wouldn't have been penalized in the NFL. It wouldn't have been penalized in college. But people now jump on that narrative and they compare, oh, in the NFL, that would have been that would have been a fine. It would have been a suspension. And to me, I just feel like that that is 
that's low hanging fruit. And then sometimes it's frustrating when you hear that. Totally. Totally. I agree. And, and that, but to get my reaction, you didn't ask for it, but I'm going to give it anyways. Yeah. I thought the game, I thought the games were awesome. I thought that the level of talent was there. You saw a lot of big plays, one handed catches. You saw deep throws, guys making diving catches, big hits, like you mentioned. And the access on the field, talking to players and coaches from the broadcast booth and with reporters during the game, I thought was really cool. Um, rule changes were awesome. We're going to get into some of those um, later. Um, but overall, I was I was pretty stoked on it. I thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought the level of play was was good. And I think when you compare when you when I was involved in the in the AAF, the Alliance of American Football, last spring, and I just look at the level of play where. You know, in that league, the quarterback play was obviously you got to have good quarterback play. I thought it was lacking. You saw drop passes, and you know, look, you're going to see drop passes. That happens in the NFL. But I just thought, like you said, Travis, there were big plays, there were athletic plays, there was a lot of, you know, like you said, it was a physical, aggressive style of football. But but again, it wasn't over the top. And I think the one thing, like you mentioned, and that was something that kept resonating with people was the transparency. And it's interesting because people love that. What, what did we get to see? We got to see, you know, in the first game, the D.C., I think it was the D.C. kicker, he misses a field goal. And three seconds later, there's a sideline reporter talking to the kicker about, hey, what happened? And so you get to you get into the mindset of the kicker and what they have to do to adjust. And then what, what I really enjoyed was watching the replay official work through the process. And, and we, had a, we had a play – in the, in the, I believe it was the Tampa-New York game where it was a close play. It was a catch fumble. We had a goal line. The return went to the goal line. And we got to see the replay official actually talk through what he was, you know, going through to make that decision. And, and people really like that transparency. And what it does, it, it kind of mitigates that concern that, oh, you know, the, the whole conspiracy theory, right? They have it out right. for this team or they don't know what they're doing, they're incompetent. When you can actually see the process and hear what they're saying, you realize that, that these, these officials are really good and they're working through an analytical process. So, so I think that's great. I just don't know if the NFL, because the NFL is established. And I, you know, I did a radio show this morning and the, the host, you know, he says, you know, he thought the NFL has too much baggage to go that route. And, and I thought it was an interesting comment because look, we want the fans in the XFL to be passionate, but the bottom line is you're not watching the game, the Seattle DC game week one inaugural season on pins and needles. Like you would be if you're watching, you know, the chiefs Titans playoff game and you've been a Chiefs fan for 20 years, you know, it's just a different, it's just a different dynamic. And I don't know if that full transparency would translate well in the NFL because of that that history and that baggage, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I don't I don't know what it would work in the NFL either. I think everyone in the NFL they don't want to see change. Everyone wants to see the games how they are. And I talk to people like I tell them I work with you and Mike, and they're like, "Why do you guys do that? Everyone knows the rules in the NFL. You don't need explanation of the rules in the in the NFL." That's the most useless stuff. And I'm like, all right, this is my career. This is my job. These are my friends. These are my people. Get off their back. Oh, this good. I'm going to have to strike. Is he going to strike? Joe, you're very quiet. Starting to get coiled. 
I realize that you weren't there this weekend, Joe, but you're, you're never this quiet. So I need you to speak up. I'm so right here. Like, I'm something. right here. I just, uh, I was, yeah. Did you I was getting, truly? I didn't, you're no, not I don't, anything. you know, I don't do any Trulies without you, without you, Trav. Have a drink, lighten up. I'm having a glass of wine right now. Ooh, nice. We should so, get him like a little rattle and just attach it to the back of his belt and if he starts to get fired oh, up. Just, <laughs> I think so. That's a good idea. I'm going to get that. For, I'm going to get that for the studio next week. Where oh, yeah, I won't get to see it. Did you get your M&M's? I brought them myself. Oh, my God. I will say, I will say that, Travis, explain... Explain XFL Dean. What was XFL Dean doing? You put me on the spot here. Now I got to think about this. I got two hours of sleep, so I can't. Oh, XFL Hold Dean. On, let me log uh, that one. <laughs> That's it. There you go. Two hours of sleep. But b- bottom line is, I was doing. I was doing like checks. I was doing like audio checks. Oh yeah, I was yeah, like yeah. All over it. I was you were lunch, you got the lunch pail award. That's for sure. I got the lunch pail award. 100%. I didn't know where you were going with that, but yeah, you were one hundred percent lunch pail. You were the first one there, last one to leave. Yeah. Um, you're. You just you, you might as well just take your tie off and roll your sleeves up, or get a bolo tie like uh, like our our man uh, McAfee. Yeah, Pat. Pat is doing the sideline reporting for the ES. the last game, the ESPN game, and he. He's like on the field during the play. And I, I, I love Pat, but he's got, you can't be on the field during the play. Like he literally, at one point, he was going to go ask the referee for an explanation. I was like, please don't. Please, please not do that. Please. Then it gets a little weird. Yeah. Exactly. So Dean, were, were, did they exceed expectation on the ratings? Is that well, what they were know, looking well, for? I haven't, seen, I haven't seen all the ratings. Look, the, the measure, it's a good... Because we talked about, you know, what is the measure of success? Is the measure of success ratings? Is the measure of success? Obviously, ratings are important if people are going to tune in. I don't think you can. I don't think you can look at the first week and say that that is a true benchmark because it's new. People are just going to tune in because it's new, and then after a couple of weeks, who knows? You know, you have other things going on. You get you get into March with the NCAA tournament and all those things. So, so I don't know if ratings is necessarily the benchmark. I, I think. I think the reaction was overwhelmingly positive. I thought it was the rules, the rules changes were extremely positive. People really liked the kickoff and people in football that I know, and I got texts from people, you know, from NFL clubs that, that said, you know what, the the kickoff is very interesting. And, and what, you know, what the XFL kickoff, and we've talked about it on the show is, Basically, what they said was they looked at a bunch of tape and they said, "Okay, on average, where where are where are the other excluding the kicker and the returner? Where are the other twenty players when the when the returner catches the football?" And they looked at a bunch of tape and they said, "Okay, on average, they're they're here. They're, the kicking team is about the thirty-five. The return team is the thirty. So let's start the play there. So there's no run-up. There's no high-impact collision. We keep the return in the game." Very, very egregious penalties if you kick the ball out of bounds. And so the return, there were only two touchbacks all weekend in four games. In an NFL game, we'll talk about, we're going to do a breakdown of the, of the statistics. You know, the NFL, we're at 60% touchback. So so it's a much different play. And when you when you eliminate those high impact, those, those long, that long distance run collision, I think you reduce the potential for injury. Look, it's not, a, it's not going to be a play without injury. 
But one of the concerns is those those high impact collisions that come from the big run up, and and people really liked it, and and we saw big returns. Um, we didn't see anything for touchdown yet, but I think I think people were very the kick the kickoff and the transparency were the two things that I saw. Um, you know, whether it was social media, whether it was traditional media, that people really enjoyed. I, I loved it. I that first game had the big return. And you didn't see any others that were huge, but I think these coaches are, are good coaches. Like the, the level of, of, of experience these guys all have, they'll find a way to find a seam in these. And I think you're going to see, you're going to see a big, that's my bold prediction for next week. We're going to have a kickoff return for a touchdown. Mark it down. Oh, mark it down. I like it. I like it. We don't have to mark it down. We don't have to mark it down. It's recorded, Trav. We're recording this. It's recorded. It's it's for posterity. We are, we are starting an XFL survivor pool. So Joe, you're in. So we're starting. We're starting next week. We wanted to take a week to gauge. You know, all I would have teams. taken LA this week, so I would have been out. I was. I was big on them. I was excited. Yeah. And this, and is, this, is, just, this, this is just for fun because I'm not allowed to. I'm not allowed to gamble on games, obviously, because I'm connected to officiating. But we, you know, I think with like Joe, you talked about the gaming, the 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 access. You know, being able to hear play calls, we're hearing the, 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 whether it's the head coach or whoever's calling the plays, we're hearing that. We have just unprecedented access to, to players. The, the, the Brock, I mean, we talked in the, in the Tampa, New York game, um, our Fox game, we had, we had Kevin Burkhart and Greg Olson talk to the coach, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Vipers, Mark Tressman after he elected to kick a field goal rather than go for a touchdown on fourth down, and they were down 17 nothing, And they were asking Coach Trussman right after the fact, hey, what was, what was going for decision to kick the, to kick the points? And because we, we, we second-guess coaches right all the time. Oh, they should have went for it. Oh, that guy doesn't know what he's doing. And then you listen to Trussman's reasons, and you say, Okay, that makes sense. He said, we wanted to get some points on the board. We've been moving the ball. We just haven't finished. We felt like we were going to, we felt like we were going to get at least three or four more drives at the start of the fourth quarter. So we didn't, we, we didn't want to press our luck and go for the touchdown. And so that's, that's really interesting stuff. And I think, again, would that work in the NFL? I don't know. And it's, and it's very, it's very easy to sit there and say the NFL should do this or the NFL should do that. It's not the same. The reality is, too, I feel like the NFL is too buttoned up, and the PR would say no, no chance this is going to happen. They, they, because you have that whole period where you can't even talk to guys out like for what is it, fifteen minutes until after the game. They, they have their cool down period. They call sure. it where you can't, you don't have access to the locker room. There's just they just, it's too emotional. It's too highly emotional. I don't think they would allow it. Well, it, you know, it is. I just think that again because it's established and because you have. You have again that baggage. I think it becomes it becomes a much harder thing to do. But I, I'll tell you what. Look, I'm you know I've been watching film um, all day today. Coaches are sending in questions. I mean it's it's serious. DC, the 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 LA defensive coordinator they fired their defensive coordinator right today. They yeah. Pepper, John, Pepper Johnson who, who played played for the Giants won a Super Bowl won Super Bowls with the Giants won Super Bowls on the on the Patriots coaching staff got fired today. So this is. This is no joke. Like this, this has been, like I said, the resources, everything has been first class, and I think everybody. It's only one week, and and there's nine weeks to go plus plus postseason. So it was a good start, and 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 I'm excited about where it can go. Um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Yeah. You I'm gonna sound excited, Dean. 
<laughs> you yeah, really do. Like, we were excited to get it. It felt up. like a Sunday. It felt like NFL Sunday in the studio. It was great. Like I, what I was going to say, I want to piggyback on that. It's like with, with Kevin Burkhardt, he's the, he's the second crew for NFL. And, and you had Kurt Menefee and you had Steve Levy and, and Tom Hart. These guys are, are, are big names. Joel, Joel Clatt. I mean, Joel Clatt. Yeah. These yeah. are big names in, in the, in the, the sports broadcasting business. And these games felt big. They felt like the production value was there. And it, it, was, it was, yeah, it was awesome. Could not agree. Big time more. camera production. angles, big time slow mo looks. It was, it was awesome. The production value was really, you know, both Fox and ESPN, I thought, did a great job. They put resources behind it. Um, the football looks good. Again, and, but, but look, it's not, all, it's not all like, you know, rainbows and butterflies. The league, the league wants, you know, the pace of play is important, right? The catchphrase is less stall, more ball. The games went longer than expected. You know, and that, so that's something that we have to look at, okay? If we're shooting for under three hours and the goal was more 245, 250, the games were closer to three hours. A couple of games were over three hours. So, so you got to manage that and make sure, you know, again, scoring, you, you, you're, some of these rules are, are to incentivize going for it, more scoring like that. Last game, which St. Louis LA was more of like a, a St. Louis Dallas, it was more of a defensive struggle. Not that that's a bad thing. But again, you want you want to see that. I think what's going to really draw people in is if you get that high scoring shootout type game that goes down to the wire. Didn't have that in week one, but I thought overall the play was really good. And uh, and again, there's room, but there's certainly room um, for improvement. Um, they for need sure. that, that Rams Chiefs game or that Forrest Griffin fight from back in the day, Forrest Bonner. We talk about we talk about the UFC, right? That Forrest Bonner, that first that first um, Ultimate, Ultimate Fighter, Fighter finale was. I mean, it made it may if that it'd be interesting if the sport would have been, would be as popular today, um, if not for that fight. You know, like no it way. probably would have come around. I think it probably would have come around, but I don't think it would have come around the way as fast as it did without that fight. I think that really captured people. You know the casual fan, the un, um, you know the 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 person that really wasn't a, a big, you know, into martial arts or into anything prior to that. But again, you do need those seminal moments. You do need that, you know, what is that that calling card? And I think, and I think what the XFL had, I don't know if it had that true week one moment, but overall it was just it was positive. And and I'm excited. The other thing I'm excited about is. Um, and again, I don't want to make you feel bad, Joe, because you weren't there, but Travis got to experience this. I have my own like crew for XFL. Like I have my own makeup person that stays with us, my own wardrobe person that is there just for me. I mean, the technical, (laughs) I mean, Travis, right? I mean, Joanna, she's amazing. She hangs out with us. Like, like, Felicia's there. Felicia's there. I mean, they were adding, we were talking we were talking about the games and stuff and it was Scott was, it was in mid season form. Yeah, Scott our <laughs> Scott's one of our technical guys that helps and, and he logs plays for us. So we catalog plays and I'll put tapes together during the week. We do it for college NFL. And Scott was there and he's him Scott's and Joe there is an too. Oh dynamic. my goodness. This is, you know what? Yeah, yeah. You you might just have to come in pro bono. You're yeah, gonna have to I come in. Just, yeah. You're gonna have to come <laughs> in. Pick a day next weekend, come in, Saturday or Sunday. Just come in we'll for the Boston FS one game. Come right? Saturday and then we'll go watch the tight we'll watch the Fury uh Wilder fight after. This, this is sad. <laughs> so, I feel like we need out. some Joe in our lives. We need more Tesla talk. You got new 
New rims. Can we talk new, about that? New shoes. We'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that <laughs> later. Let's uh, let's take a break. And when we come back, we're gonna we're gonna break down NFL. I want to do a statistical review of 2019. Talk about the off season, and uh, and we'll go from there. Next on Good Call. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret, like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge, or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we're back on Good Calls. We talked XFL before the break. Let's go back to NFL. Season's over, Super Bowl 54 in the book. And let's talk 2019 year in review. So so what happens after the Super Bowl? Okay, what 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 is happening in the league calendar? Obviously, it's you've you've got typically, you know, teams now have hired their the new coaches are in place, whether the you know, GMs, things like that. And really, on the club side, they're building up toward the combine, right? The draft, all of that preparation. We start preparing for free agency, those types of things. What is happening right now, though, in a big picture for the league is the, the collective bargaining agreement. And, and so that, what the league is hoping to do and the Players Association is hoping to get that done, it, it doesn't expire until, until the end of next season, but I think they want to try to get it done and uh, and make sure that, that that is in place. So you have that labor piece, because then what the league then does is the network deals, the broadcasting deals are up with a labor deal in place. They can negotiate from a, from a place of strength um, with the broadcast, the network, and, uh, and then everything just falls into place. On the rules side, the officiating side, it's competition committee side. There's meetings in New York this week um, with the competition committee, they're kind of preliminary meetings. And then leading up to the combine in Indianapolis, there's another meeting of the competition committee. They meet with representatives of the NFLPA. They meet with uh, the health and safety group. They have 
a, a medical advisory panel. The doctors come in. They go through all of the data. They go through all the injury data. They look at trends. They look at statistics to see, okay, how many, you know, head and neck injuries, how many concussions, those types of things, kick off, all of that. And then the league meeting is late March. Leading up to that league meeting, that's when the owners vote on rules changes and bylaws and things like that. Leading up to that, there's another competition committee meeting where the committee meets and puts together all the rules change proposals, all the points of emphasis, everything that they have to present to um, the overall ownership, membership, and uh, and they go from there. Statistically, you know, one of the things I think we're going to hear, and we just talked about it with the XFL, is pace of play. And you want to, the league is really, they want to get down. And I've had conversations with, you know, a lot of people at the league, you know, and when I was at the league, and I know this is something the commissioner is really big on too, is trying to get the game as close to three hours as possible. Is it possible? I don't know. I don't know. Game time went up this year. And, uh, and, you know, and I would ask you guys, you know, as fans, when you're watching a game, does it matter if the game is three hours and 15 minutes long or 255? Do you notice? Um, depending on, you know, how the game is. is. Is that a factor for you? I don't for think so. Fan, I don't think so, no. But in the studio, yes, because then our early games go long and our late games overlap. It's just more for us to keep an eye on. It makes it harder for us. But Yeah, but as a fan, that's, just, I, that, I that's almost... That's first world problems, that, you know. <laughs> the rattlesnake. The, the Caucasian rattlesnake <laughs> first world problems. I, I think as a fan, <laughs> I kind of like them to go long. I like, you know, spend more time out. Watching as long the games, don't mind if they're good games, yeah, especially. Well, I think just the way you know the way games are consumed today versus you know I think less people are watching games at home in front of a TV the traditional way. They're more watching the whole second screen and 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 phones and, and those types of things. So so I think that that you know, we were talking about the intention span of the younger people today and and but when you look at game time this year, three hundred six fifty, so that was up fifty three seconds in two thousand eighteen. Um, and it's the first time since 2015 that it's actually gone up. So I think you're going to see continue to, for the league to look at ways to reduce and, and not necessarily, they're not going to sit there and say, okay, we got to shave five minutes off game time. You don't, you don't, it's impossible to do that, to, to manufacture that. So you, you look at ways to eliminate some of the downtime to increase, you know, to improve the pace and then the, the overall length should take care of itself. So. So I think that's something the league will continue to do. You know, plays per game up 154.6 per game, which is up from 153.8 in 2018, um, but still down. The overall average from 2009 to 2018 was 156 plays per game. So, and again, plays per game, it doesn't seem like people don't really talk about it, but that's your, if you if you want to call it a product, that's your product, right? You're, people are paying to watch football. They're watching, so they want plays. They don't want to see, you know, the referee standing in a conference trying to figure out a penalty, you know, those types of things. They want to see Patrick Mahomes, you know, throwing a touchdown pass to Damian Williams. You know, they want to see, you know, you know, Nick Bosa, you know, making a, making a big play on defense. That's what they want to see. And I think that's something um, you just have to monitor. Points were up. Um, we're, we're up from the, from the, the, the 2009 to 18 average. So this year, 45.6. The average is 45.02, but slightly down about a, about um, a point from 2018, but still a pretty healthy number. Wasn't 18 uh, the highest large, ever? 
Uh, it wasn't the highest ever, but it was like the second highest. Okay. It was pretty close. And I think the highest was about it was 47 and change, something in there. Um, when you look at margin of victory, it, that that was up 11.64. So again, we talk about that that recipe. You want high scoring game, but but closer games. So I think you'd want to see, and again, you can't really control that, but but you'd, you'd like to see that in the 10. Um, and obviously, the more one score games there are, the better. Well, we might see more of that this year. Like if, if I could jump in here, like one thing I'm excited yeah. about this offseason is there's so many like veteran quarterbacks that could potentially go to different teams. You have Rivers and Cowboys are talking about potentially bringing in Tom Brady, which blows my oh, mind as a Cowboys God. fan. Like, I don't think it's going to happen. That's but not going to happen. It's not going to happen, but it's, it's just cool to have those kinds of stories out there with these big-name quarterbacks through Breeze potentially hitting the free agency market. And it's like that, that to me, could help you know balance out these teams and bring that margin of victory closer. Yeah, I, I think, look, that margin of victory – and I think the quarterback position in the NFL is probably healthier than it's ever been. You know, there was this concern when you had this, you know, Peyton and Brady and and Rivers and Eli and, and, and these guys, Drew Brees, and, and as these guys are getting toward the end of their careers, who was going to pick up the mantle? And now you've got I mean, Mahomes, is, is, he's a superstar, you have Lamar Jackson, and, and now Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones and and all these guys that are coming in, you know, in their first couple of years in the league that are playing, that are playing at a really high level. I, I think that, I think that the quarterback position is in a good spot. Um, even guys like Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill that are resurrecting their career with, uh, you know, with other clubs. Um, so I'm excited. I think that the, the, the league is in good shape from that, from that standpoint. Um, one of the things that's interesting is you think about, you talk about the kickoff touchbacks. Um, almost 61% of, of kickoff oh, results in touchbacks. That's the highest of all time. Um, and we talked about the XFL keeping the return in the game and potentially making the play safer where the NFL, and I was a part of this, the approach was reduce the number of returns, you know, and that's, and that's, I think the league took big steps two years ago to kind of change the formation on the return team and, and the kicking team. And I think that helped, but you're still getting a very Boring. high percentage. Very high percentage of plays, right? Because you, you start, like, take the Super Bowl, for example, right? The flash bulbs go. The most exciting, one of the most exciting Super Bowl plays I, I witnessed live was Devin Hester returning the opening kickoff um, against the Colts in, in the Super Bowl. Like, that, that was, was awesome. because you had that. Miami, in the rain. In the rain, you had that moment, the flash bulbs, the lights, everything. And what happens nine out of ten times, or statistically six out of ten times is touchback and the whole stadium's up and then the air gets let out yeah might as well just put it at the 25 and just go like so, why, why are we even wasting the time to kick it off god and the exactly, caucasian rattler when he's not in when we're not all together he gets he gets he gets real aggressive he, he, he is but, he's very i don't know if you guys know this but i didn't sleep much <laughs> yeah <Hold> exactly <laughs> he's on no sleep he's on no sleep all right. but i think uh, i think no it's fine and i think that the that the, the touchback, and then you add the onside kick, and, and, and just looking at the percentage um, of onside kicks, so six six out of fifty seven expected onside kicks were were successful. So um, that's that's not a, a high percentage. I mean, it's 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 about ten and a half percent, which 
which is not awful. It was much lower earlier in the year. Historically, it's been about 13%. So there's been a lot of discussion about, I think 10% is fine. I think the onside kick, just the idea that the onside kick is possible, I think adds some drama to the game. And, you know, talking to Sean Payton about this, I mean, he, Sean has said this to me on multiple occasions in Miami at the Super Bowl. He said, he said one of the most exciting sequences in football is score, onside kick recovery, get the ball again. Now we're going, so, so that, that is such a, a, a cool sequence in football. And I just don't know. I know Denver's going to propose uh, the alternative, the fourth and 15 play. I just don't know if there's going to be enough support based on the the numbers in terms of the onside kick being recovered. But certainly that touchback number continues to rise. And I think the question is going to come up again, like you said, Travis, do we just take the, take the kickoff out of the game? And, and I think the XFL showed an alternative, not that it's perfect, but it showed that maybe you can do some different things and keep the kick in the game, which, which I, you know, I hope that's the case. Yeah, I'm with you. So, you guys, then, go ahead. I was going to say, you guys may not know this. I was a kick returner back in the day in high school, led the state of Wyoming, kickoff return average. No, no big, no, no big deal here, guys. But there were, but there's like four schools in Wyoming. Kickoff returner, <laughs> rapper. I was better than all those guys. Dancer. He's done it all. You did. You did. Those are, those are, you're claiming the same. He's always talking about the fifth grade dance contest that he won. <laughs> and again, I don't think, again, I don't think <laughs> you winning a dance contest in Wyoming is necessarily like winning a dance contest in other places. Well, but, and none of this really equates to NFL level talent. So, <laughs> no, but I, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm definitely <laughs> impressed. I, I just want uh, kickoffs. I want them to be excited. I think there's, there could be stuff stuff done in the XFL showed something cool, I think. Yeah. Let's just let's wrap up with some of the stats. Fouls were up sixteen point two four, um, up from fifteen point nine five. Not a lot. And when when you think about the, the, the average and I've always said between fifteen and sixteen is a good number. I think that's the historical average where it's been, you know, from nineteen seventy five to about two thousand five. That thirty year average is right around sixteen per game. And I think that's a healthy number. Um, you look at fouls that were up, fouls that were up this year, defensive pass interference plus 31, blindside block plus 28, illegal hands to the face plus 56, um, ineligible downfield plus 22. That may not seem like a big number, but it went from 29 in 2018 to 51 in 2019. Holding, which was outrageous the first couple of weeks, it actually flattened down and was only up 21 fouls. Um, from 2018, and then roughing the passer, there were 20 more this year. And, and the fouls that were down, on this say roughness down 54, taunting down 24, and blocks in the back down 29. But the interesting stat that I found is on a weekly basis, if you think of, you guys can guess, so fouls were, if fouls were 16.24 per game, right? Week one, they were 19.2 per game. What do you think they were in week 17? I'd say just under 13, maybe. <laughs> Great guess. Nice guess, Travis. You have, this, you have this, this sheet in front of you. Very good. I'd say 12 so, and a half. So, if you're going to make an open book test, I'm going to give you the answer. <laughs> All right. So 12 and a half. But think about that. And there's always been that 
late in the season, postseason, officials don't call as many fouls. And when you go from 19.2 in week one to 12.5, that's a big drop. Now, look, first week of the season is extended preseason. First couple of weeks of the season is extended preseason because starters don't play that much in the preseason. So there's going to be more fouls. But I think that is a that is a wide variance. And when you look at the postseason, this year fouls per game right around that same number, twelve and a half, which is which is down from sixteen point two four in the regular season. So so again, we talked about that. You know, is that a mindset on the officiating part? Is that the better teams are in the postseason, the teams that foul less, the players understand that there's so much significance in these games that you can't afford stupid penalties. So it's just an interesting thing. And then last thing is replay. Replay was up. We expected replay to be up this year. Um, 417 reviews up from 349 last year. A lot of that had to do with pass interference. 101 pass interference reviews, only 24 reversals. So, you know, we've been through that. So 20, um, you know, 25% of, uh, of, of PI reviews resulted in reversals, which is, which is significantly lower than the, the percentage of reversals in other areas. Um, but who knows? Who knows what's going to happen with the PI review this year? I know the I know, I know the league is going to study it. They're going to study the rule itself. They're going to they're going to look at they're going to look at that and make sure that there isn't any tweaks that may be needed, and uh, and then make a decision on pass interference review. But but I just I, I would just say this: my gut tells me that that rule is not going away. I, I don't know if it's going to be as it was in 2018 or 19. But I don't, I don't see it going away after one year. I really don't. You know, there is one thing that I, I that I recall us talking about on the promo we did for iHeart. It didn't get released, so I know Dean may not want to count it. But I remember I was asked to create a line for uh, pass interference, what percentage it'll be up. I said fifteen to twenty percent, which would have put it at right at four thirty-two. And it was a uh, 420. You guys, you guys both took the over. So I think someone owes me a uh, meat on ocean steak dinner. I, Joe, yeah, what that was? Joe, Joe's somehow getting a, a steak dinner out of this, which is fine. We, I do remember us talking about the over under. I yeah. don't remember betting on a on a. I don't remember betting on it, but I probably did. So well, it's it so is recorded. Always hypothetical bets. It is a it is a recorded hypothetical bet. It's a recorded hypothetical bet. I like it. So. so that's your that's your statistical review off season schedule. Let's let's take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the cube, and uh, we're going to hit Brandon Blandino next on Good Call. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. 
until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, we're back. Football, expecting more participation from Joe in this segment. We are going to talk about the cube, and obviously Joe wasn't in the cube, but Travis. I just want to say XFL Travis is kind of a badass. Like he, like he came in late. Like Travis is always what? Travis. Yeah, the NFL Travis is always there early, way early, not late, but not early, early. One of my favorite Travis. He's like, wait, wait, my boss listens. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. not late. So, so um, um, but it was later than his normal arrival time. I don't. Okay, late's not the right word, but later than his normal. Now I I realize he just his his wife just had a baby like two days. ago. I was coming straight from the hospital. Yeah, them off at home and went. Here we go. Here we go. And, and he probably didn't have any sleep, Dean. Straight from the hospital. I slept great in the hospital. So, but he comes in, hat on backwards, like talking shit, like just like making fun <laughs> of people, like, like just like knocking stuff over. He's just a different, different guy. I didn't, not, I didn't I knock anything over. Yeah, yeah, maybe maybe Scott's ego. All right, I made that up. But I, I don't know if it's, if it's a combination of the Caucasian rattlesnake and him trying to live up to that nickname and then XFL, but he's just, he's a different, he's a different dude, Joe. You need to like, you need to see him in action. I can't you know, wait. I was, it was a proud moment, proud moment. You know, I got a son now, you know, the legacy will, will continue. And it's, it's, I was just, I was just feeling good. You know, came the, with a hat on backwards. The bloodline, as they like to call it. <laughs> the bloodline. From, yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. And then what was the other, you have, you, what, what else happened, Travis? There was something else that happened that I can't, I can't think that you thought was hilarious. Oh, God. I don't, I don't know. It's on the script in front of you, Travis. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh I, I mean, which one do we want to talk about, though? Like, if I'm looking at it, I don't know because you made the note. You made the note, Glenn meets Dean, and I don't know what that means. Well, so Glenn meets Dean. Oh, 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 oh. Set you up for it, but you obviously went right over your head because you're on two hours sleep. But go ahead. Well, no, so the Glenn meets Dean, you you got some kind of some guy got into your GMs a few years back in the league office and convinced you that he was a disabled guy, oh. and you got him back. You got him like all access passes. Like I was dying when you were telling that story. Okay, so yeah, so this so this guy. Sends <laughs> I hope me, like, Glenn's listening. This guy sends me a DM on Twitter, 
I, when I was at the league office, he's like, Hey, you know, I've been, I'm such a fan of officiating and rules and, and I, I don't get her out much, very much because I'm just, I have this disability and it's one of my dreams. I'd love to come to the NFL office and meet Roger Goodell and you and spend time in, in, in the command center. And, and he kept saying how disabled he was. And so I'm like, this, oh, this is great. You know, this, this guy, he doesn't get out much. He's such a big fan. Uh, I want to invite him to the command center. So we set it up and he was going to come and, and visit. You cleared it through league PR. Cleared it through everybody. And then like, this guy walks up and he's like, Hey, I'm Glenn. I was like, who, who are you? And he's like, I'm, I'm Glenn. I'm the guy that he, 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 you've been talking to. And he was like just a normal dude. Like he was walking and fine. Like he was yeah. not disabled at all. Like he, he was nothing. Like I was expecting something and there was nothing. And, yeah, and, and not to make light of disabilities or anything, but the guy clearly lied. He used, and, he, yes, yeah. exactly. He used that as, as a way. And now, and then he tried to say like, oh, it was a, it is kind of more of a, it's a non, what did he say? He's like, it's a, it's a not an obvious disability. It's like more of like a mental thing. Like, yeah. You're, you're an asshole because you're using fake <laughs> disability to get into the NFL. That's your problem. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, so yeah, this guy was, he was like a big Packers fan. And then, and then I have to, like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to like kick him out. So he like spent the day there and they're like, and people are like, who's that guy? That's Glenn. He's disabled. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst. It was the worst, worst, worst charitable thing I've ever done. It was just horrible. It's good to know that you have a, a big heart though, buddy. Yeah, I do. Nice I do have a big heart. But speaking um, of mental illness, I watched Joker last night when I was hanging out with my son who wouldn't sleep. Oh my God, glad I had headphones on. I didn't want to expose him to that. that did you guys see that film? I have not Lucky, seen it. I, I know he won, won, he, won, yeah. he won. Yeah, he won the Academy Award. It was incredible. Set yourself up for a, for a depressed evening, though. Don't. It's not uplifting. It's well, it doesn't heavy. look. It doesn't yeah. look very. It doesn't but look cool, very uplifting. It's but a cool <laughs> concept. But a cool concept, right? Like I'm not a huge like. I got like, like, hey, hey, Schindler's List. It wasn't that funny. Like, you know, like, that's not an uplifting movie. Like, it's not awful. <laughs> well, that's that, that's that scene from that show, you, uh, Life's Too Short, you were talking about. Oh, my God. Life's Too Short. Watch that. Love, that you like that Liam list? Neeson. You like that uh, list? We make a lot of lists. Liam Neeson on Life's Too Short. Again. Just, just Google it. Just Google the Liam Neeson scene on Life's Too Short. It's it's unbelievable. It's un unbelievable. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, the other thing that we were talking about, Joe, is how how in Major League Two they couldn't get Wesley Snipes for Major League Two, so they just decided to slide in Omar Epps, and they wouldn't tell us. Like we weren't going to know the difference. <laughs> they didn't even pretend that, like oh, that a he was, bit Hayes here? was traded. We have a new guy. Nope, this is the same just, dude. No, they just said it was the same character. Oh, they, it's the same guy. It was just they, the same character. They just decided we're just gonna have a different we're gonna have a different actor, and we're just gonna slide him in, and we're gonna hope nobody notices. And because yeah. because Wesley's off doing Blade Three or whatever it was, so it, it's in and and this was before I think all of our time, but I, I did a little research because the one <laughs> that jumps out is Bewitched. So that was like the I Dream of Genie, the witch. And they uh-huh. had, they had, so they had the guy, the main guy was Darren, and he was played 
by Dick York. And then they just switched that guy. I don't know what happened with another Dick, Dick Sargent. And so I got this blurb on Google. There's another young man named Dick Sargent was immediately hired to replace Dick York as Darren number two. The legions of Bewitched fans who turned in, tuned in were surprised at the switch and the ratings plummeted. Vaguely resembling Dick York, Dick Sargent played Darren with a more defiant attitude toward his witchy in-laws. So, so the new, the new Darren was not was not as like friendly as the old Darren. But, so but Dick that, York was SWG and Dick Sargent was more yeah was, Caucasian. Was more, okay, exactly, hundred <laughs> percent. But but then we started talking about my my senior high school I had a media class and my project was you were going to write a script and then and then film or do a short film and the short film we did was it was Rocky Junior and it was about his son <laughs> who was who was taking on the mantle this was not authorized by Sylvester Sloan by the way I didn't know I know Sly now did Joe. you I tell didn't know Sly back then. I, you... I didn't. So no, no, I didn't. But I, I need to find it. it's on VHS somewhere. And my mom, I think my mom and my sister's house. I don't know. But we had a similar situation because we waited to the last minute. Like the project was due on Friday, we waited till Wednesday to start recording. We the the actor that played Rocky Junior was our neighbor Jason, who was like <laughs> six. And we didn't finish because he had to, he got late and he had to be in, he had to go in. And we didn't finish recording the whole film, so we were going to finish on Thursday, but he couldn't come out <laughs> to play on Thursday. So we had to get another actor, my sister's friend's little brother, and we brought him in. And Rav, and I, at least, I said, no, I'm not just pulling an Omar S. I'm going, <laughs> to, I'm going to tell the audience what happened. And so we shot a scene of me as the executive director of Rocky Jr. and said we had a we had a contract dispute with the original Rocky Jr. and we had to bring in another actor to finish the movie. So I at least made it known. I didn't just try to sneak it sneak one by people. What a guy! That's great. Cinematic integrity. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then and then the other line of the weekend was Scott who said, <laughs> he said three days two days after I have my son. It was. He goes. He was, you know, he was. Once your friends have kids, dead baby jokes just just aren't as funny anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we were like, "What?" Yeah, <laughs> that's single. I laugh because it's God, but it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's just like the dead baby jokes aren't as funny anymore when all your friends have kids now. And I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't think they were funny. No, I'm gonna, to I'm, gonna with, I'm gonna second that. Yeah, it's not funny, but it's it's Scott. But then that led us to that other Louis C.K. joke that, that you you referenced too, which was pretty funny. Like, and, and his stuff isn't as good as anymore because of what he did. Yeah, but, are we allowed to quote Louis? Because obviously, I don't know. know. He, I don't know. But his joke, his joke was very funny in that he he did a bit about, of course, but maybe. And this goes through my <laughs> to my brain all the time because he did this thing where he goes, he goes, I get I, it's of course, but maybe. So. Of course, of course, people with peanut allergies, deadly peanut allergies should be protected. We need to make sure that the labels on foods are accurate so they aren't unnecessarily exposed to, to deadly peanuts. But maybe if touching a peanut kills you, you're supposed to die. And <laughs> he does this whole thing. And it's just like Seth Scott. That's basically our friend Scott in the studio. 
But that being said, Joe, let's go Brandon Blandino. You haven't you haven't blown a whistle. This this is not. I haven't been a lot of sound effects. Well, so, it's because I have a different yeah. soundboard today. Oh, I don't have the whistle sound. Audio guy. <laughs> I'm busy doing the audio thing. Just, yeah. Come on, give us. Give <laughs> All right, let's Brandon go, Brandon Blandino. There's not going to be a drum roll the unless Travis wants to get us. There we go. The brain of Blandino. Car chase using blinkers. <laughs> so, I, I swear, you know, I was watching, uh, you know, like on the news when they do a car chase, they show, oh, there's a car on the 405, there's a police chase on the 405. I, one time, I could have been seeing things, but I'm almost positive they were showing a car chase and the guy was using his blinker. Like he was using his signal. <laughs> And and I was like, you you're defeating the purpose. You're you're totally. I I appreciate it. Like maybe he had one of those like, you know, the all state whatever the the safe driving. Um, he didn't want to lose his discount. He didn't want to lose his discount. But he didn't want to lose his discount. But then I just felt like if there would be somebody that would be that you know, but in a car chase, being being chased by the police using your signal, like would be that that was I swear. I thought I saw him signal. And that's I was like, fantastic. wow, that's, you know, that's a conscientious driver right there. He okay. wants to let them know, know the police which way he's going to be going next. No, no, I could say, like, if he, if he did a fake, like, if he blinked right and went left. That would have been like, nice. That, that, I, that's the like, Yeah, I could see that. Oh, that happens, like, every day in Santa Monica, like, because people don't know how to drive. I used to do that in high school. I shut my lights off. I turned the blinker left, and then I'd go right to make sure no one was following me. What were you doing then? Yeah. Trying to get all like, these like a houses because that's and, normal, you know, a houses or whatever, <laughs> TP houses, whatever. That's normal. <laughs> okay. Well, so yeah, my question then about the, the car chases: don't they like just tally up everything you've done wrong, and then that's like the rap sheet when you go in front of the judge? Like, oh, here's all the things you did wrong. Oh, but hey, so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you off a little bit here because you were using your blinker. He was so. trying to offset. He was trying to offset. <laughs> so I'm in ju- I'm doing 15 like years of life, but I saved 165 bucks for using my blinker all those times. Exactly, exactly. He, just, he ran through eight stop signs, six traffic lights, jumped across six medians, but he used his signal. He signaled every time. Every single time. Every cent counts, Dean. Give, give, give us another brain. Let's go. Give me All one right. more. One more. Let's see here. Can we get another sound effect, Trav? Oh, uh, the brain of Blandino, the sequel. Wow. <laughs> Follow that car harder with Uber. Yes. So, so you know, like in the movies when you felt like you're, you jump in a cab and you're like, follow that car. That's much harder to do with Uber now because you have to pre-program where like the Uber driver won't go anywhere without like, it's all programmed in the app. So how do you do that? Like, how do you do that in an Uber now? Will the Uber driver just do it? Can you just like cut a side deal? How does that work? I think you can. I think you can just go, oh. hey, dude, because I tell the guys all the time, hey, don't go this route. This route's terrible. You're taking a bad route. And yeah, he has that. a destination, but he has a destination. They have a destination in the app. Oh, so you mean just hop in and be like, follow that red car right there wherever it goes. But no, you, they you won't never do seen it. The movie? You never, you never seen the movie where they jump of in the course. car and say, follow that car. Dean, it's very well That's documented that I don't watch movies. Very often. <laughs> I, I, okay. I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about, right, Travis? Yeah. Yeah. You can't do that with an Uber. No, I don't think you can. You keep the meter running. 
I don't think you could do that either, right? Like it's got everything right. does have to be pre-programmed. Exactly. So but how often I mean, does that scenario come up on your day to day? I don't know, but but I know it's going to happen, and I'm going to get stuck with an Uber, and I'm not going to be able to follow that car, and then whatever they're going to get away. You know, speaking well, of Uber, hurt your rating too. Speaking of, I was just going to say we we started the season with our Uber rating contest, and I think I might have. I just looked at mine. I slid. Where are you guys at? I'm looking right now. I'm a 485 now. I I went all the way up to 487 and I'm down. You're 485? Yep. Travis, what are you? I don't think I've taken an Uber since the start of the season. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one. I'm at at 484. So I I think I'm at the same. Here it comes. And drum roll, please. Uh, 487. Wow. Now we have a new leader in the clubhouse. Uh, well, on that yeah. note. This has been Good Calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow me on Twitter at Dean Blandino and Instagram at Blandino. Follow the show on Instagram and Twitter at Rules Podcast. Subscribe to the everything ever. And be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.